Welcome, 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 guys, to the Mentor Leah show. I have the one and only guest speaker today, who's my sister from another mother, Sasha Evan. Hey, 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 hey. How's <laughs> it going? <laughs> we're connected. Guys, we're struggling to connect, finally. We so, are connected. Oh, so tell us, baby girl, who are you? What do you do? And then we're going to get straight into it, I promise. So Safa doesn't like intros, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fine. If, if I could skip it, I would, but cool. Okay, um, so yeah, my name is Safa Aden. I'm... A Somali who lives in London. Um, I work in operations management, um, but I've also started my own um, business, coaching people um, through certain topics um, such as personal development. Um, oh, that's okay. Personal branding, strategic planning, <laughs> leadership development. This is my go-to person when it comes to business, guys. Honestly, like she's my very own business coach. Anything to do with my business, I'm like, Saf, what do you think? And then yes. I the idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, so that's what I do basically. Um, and as you can see from that, that moment just there, I'm really no good at introducing myself. <laughs> she really isn't. Anyways, I'm going to ask you questions that will make it easier. So tell me, how did you start getting into, like, leadership? Like, start with when you were younger, because I, I, that story really inspires me. Like, you started as what? So initially, I just wanted to have a job while I study because student life can be quite expensive, as you know yourself. Absolutely, um, Exactly. So I started with um, Nando's. And at the time, to be honest, I, I didn't really know about them. There wasn't a lot of restaurants in the UK at that point. Um, and while I was at uni, I realized I liked to keep things in order at work. You know, I liked to be uh, delegated to. Um, I like to be put in charge and, you know, I'm not a very bossy person, but it, it really actually kind of, I don't know, stood out for me that, you know, hey, maybe yeah. I could. And that's the strength. Yeah. yeah, maybe I could do this, you know, uh, in, in a more serious manner. So I, you know, went through the kind of management program they had. So I became a supervisor um, by the time I was about 19. Um, and in that same year, I passed my um, assistant manager program. And I just carried on working my way up while I was studying. Hold on, hold on. I need like a minute. <laughs> at 19, guys. All of that, at 19. Um, and, I, you know, at that time, obviously, you know, the kind of culture we come from, my parents were like, hey, you know, don't don't take this job serious. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I was at uni studying biomedicine, which is completely, completely different, completely different. Um mm-hmm. But as I did it more, I realized actually not only did I have a knack for this, I actually enjoyed it more. So um, I have a massive love for for science, but it, it, it became a fork in the road for me at that point. And I had to decide, is it something I love and would I pursue it in the future? And I just could, couldn't see when, myself doing that. Yeah. When did you think you knew that, OK, like I'm working as an assistant manager at Nando's, but at the same time I'm doing this degree. Like when did you know what you wanted to do? Like I think it was um, maybe in uh, when I was 21. So I started okay. the journey, even though I'd been working for them for a whole year before. So I started the management thing at 19. And by 19. the time I was 21, I was like, okay, I, I, I think I like running businesses and I, I yeah. like 
looking at how it all comes together and the op- and, and particularly the operational side of it. So mm-hmm. um, I then thought, you know what, let me carry on working for a few years, get a few more management years under me, ca- carry on with my studies. You know, I don't like stopping midway on every, on, on anything. Um, and then it became, I, I think I was with Nando's for seven years in total. Um, wow. So w- when you finished uni, what happened then? Like, what? Um, I, I decided to-, to carry on working there. Okay. okay. Um, but at the same time, I was also reaching out to try and get work in my field and there was two problems either nothing stood out for me that I wanted to do or it was get the experience get some experience get experience so and that's another thing I really dislike when it comes to like young people applying for work it's like do you have the experience and then we obviously we don't have the experience because we're young we're fresh out of uni like like how do you get the experience if nobody will give it to you exactly and I think that's another struggle a lot of young people face for sure and I think you know it's got like I wouldn't blame our culture but at the same time um being first generation is a little bit you you don't discover as much as you could have so I I could have done some experience during uni and college but but I wasn't really exposed to Mm -hmm. it um I just went the kind of straightforward route with it um but yeah, so when I finished, I carried on working for a couple of years um, yeah. with Nando's, um, yeah. doing various things. So while I was working in um, the, the restaurants as a manager, I learned about auditing. I learned yeah. more about the health and safety aspects of it and um, started working as an auditor within the company. Um, okay. And I would inspect the restaurants for health and safety. You know, yeah. e- anything operational always kind of stood out for me more. Um, and then I made the jump to um, a company called Pret-a-Manger, um, who, who do sandwiches and coffee. And um, I lasted, I think, about nine months before I was uh, headhunted through LinkedIn for my current oh. company. Um, yeah, Pret was just, I think, I think I just wanted to do something different from Nando's. You know, you don't have much of a work-life balance in restaurant management. Um, So that was almost just like a bit of an anomaly in my career. I'm nine months in, I was ready to go. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. Tell us about getting headhunted. What does that mean for the people who don't know? And for those who don't even use LinkedIn, tell them about the power of LinkedIn. Oh, mate, it's amazing. So (laughs) while I was at um, Pret, um, uh, a colleague of mine told me about LinkedIn. It was as platform really started becoming big so mm. what I did is I'm, I'm I I'm an action driven person so when the colleague told me about it I was like that sounds interesting you know a kind of Facebook for careers I instantly signed up but I, had... I like that Facebook for careers yeah that's how he put it I was like okay <laughs> I like that um, yeah. and there was nothing of its kind at the time um yeah. you already know I keep a very low profile on social yeah. media um so because I was intrigued and I'm action driven. I downloaded it instantly. Um, so I hadn't had a chance to put a profile picture up. I just done the basics. Okay. You know, I put where I'd worked, what I'd done, what I'd studied. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it was within two weeks without mm-hmm. having gotten, you know, like filled in the, the profile. Um, I got a call from a HR consultant um, who was looking to hire an operations manager to come into this startup company and I declined. <laughs> okay. So yeah, I declined uh, because 
I, along the way of studying everything, I decided I wanted to go into uh, project management. Okay. Um, and I, at that time, was doing some training towards that. So I thought, mm. look, I've already come to Pret, and that's a bit of an anomaly in my career. I can't just go elsewhere if it doesn't mm. fit in with my goals. Um, and then he called me back again within a month. And okay. I told him about that. And that was the reason I didn't want to pursue anything. And he he was very interested. So he said, let me go back to the bo- uh, to them and come back to you. And it, and then he carried on headhunting me, but for a completely different position at the time, like um, mm. when he called back. So when he called back, it was to go in and start building their coffee shops. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a bit weird. So I got headhunted for one thing. Um, mm-hmm. And because I declined and said, no, this is the route I'm going with my career. And I was quite honest about it. Oh, yeah. oh and I gave him the stipulation that if <laughs> if I would even think about interviewing for this company, I wanted the whole process to be done in two weeks. Um, yeah. Because in the corporate world um, yeah. and the higher up you get in management, they could drag those processes out for months. Um, okay. Okay. So I gave that stipulation. He went back and like I said, he came back with a completely different job offer. And I met with the owners of the company and the head of operations in the company. And yeah, I resigned. <laughs> and here I am six six and a, a bit years later in the same company oh, still. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And how many different roles have you had in the company now? Um, Two predominantly. So um, mm. they brought me in to run their flagship store because I had the experience mm. of running a, short, uh, a shop. Um, yeah. So that I was there in, in that position, but I wouldn't say I had that role. Do, do you know what I okay. mean? It, it was, yeah. it was to, to learn how to run the shop so I could build the shop. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. um, but yeah, no, so I built the shops. I went on a journey for a few months. I ended up opening 29 of them, like, quite consecutively. Wow. Yeah. Um, then it stopped for a little while. I did a few refurbishments, you know, some low-key stuff. Uh, okay. <laughs> so there's some, uh, there came a long period of admin of, you know, setting the company up. Um, okay. You know, putting operating standards in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and then I went further up in my career within this company, I think, to... Two years ago, I became an operations manager. So I run a quarter of this company now um, and, all, and all the shops that fall into that quarter. So how many shops do you manage now? So there's, uh, so I have the, the biggest area, so there's 12 of them. Um, mm-hmm. But I also run and manage various other teams and projects um, that don't necessarily um, link up with the work I do at the shops. Okay, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing guys. This girl drives up and down every day. So are all your shops now um in London or are they still outside? So the part I manage are still outside and they have been. Okay. So I, I live in London, um, but I travel up this girl is up to Cambridgeshire, Oxfordshire, uh Buckinghamshire. But yeah, um recently I decided to put things into perspective and I requested <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that I move areas Shop. and shops yeah, yeah. and, and yeah. some of my my workload um back into London so yeah in a month and a half I should be 
in charge of wow. the London um, part of my company. London. Yeah. Well done. This honestly is an amazing girl. Every time I talk to this girl, I'm like inspired. I'm like, wow. I'm you like, are one person. to talk, sis. You are one <laughs> you're to talk. You're behind us. Listen, so my question is, and I know there's a lot of young people out there right now who are, you know, let's say 19, 18, 20, like just early 20s. And they're like, okay, maybe I don't want to study. I want to work my way up. So, like, what's your advice to them? Because I know you did the studying part, but you also work your way up, like, side by side while you were studying. Yeah. So, let's say someone wants to get into a leadership role. What's the best thing they can do? I would say start straight away in terms of sometimes we have aspirations and we procrastinate by saying, I need to learn more. I need need to study more I need to get more experience uh, but sometimes you need to start and by that what I mean is even if it's a long term I want to be uh, you know the CEO of a company one day you have to yeah. start by looking into internships work experience apprenticeships mm-hmm. because you know like if you're already set up in a job role that you can work up that's one thing right let's put mm-hmm. that over there for now but if you're not how do you go into those opportunities you know in an interview situation what makes you stand Mm. out from that other 17 18 19 year old so I come across this in my field when we have um we work with companies who provide us interns and work experience and when you're not looking at a cv with 10 years experience there has to be something that differentiates this young person and for me I would always go for somebody that you know during their studies or you know during their college or high school or their summer holidays did you know youth work or community work and I, or... Love, I love that you mentioned that just like let's 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 just talk about that quickly because a lot of people don't utilize their time I always say like summer holidays you know winter holidays Christmas time like make sure you do an internship make sure you volunteer make sure you work something so a lot of people, I would yeah, th- yeah. And it, and it's just not just me. It's it, there's data to back it up. A lot of times, that is the the unique selling point when mm. you have to try and differentiate between two people who have a lack of experience. Absolutely, and that shows that you went out of your way to actually do these things while you're, you know. It says age. a lot. There's a lot of transferable mm. skills. So you yeah. know, some kids will go off to summer camp in you know America, for example, and go work oh. there. And you think, how's that got something to do with the financial sector they're trying to get in? But there's there's leadership in that. They're, 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 they're training a bunch of kids throughout the summer they've they've given up their time there's time management yeah. there's budgeting yeah. how how do they afford yeah. to even do that in the first place that's another thing transferable skills like i learned about it after uni guys after uni like there's transferable skills just like you said you can do one job but then there's skills that you can transfer from this job to the other role that you actually want to do yeah um and i think i even have a second bit of advice because i come across mm-hmm. a lot of uh 19 20 year olds that work in our shops um the other thing big big advice i'd give even if it's a stopover job or you know like a course and it doesn't directly benefit your main goal what i would say is put your 100 percent into it anyway um there's a major lack of work ethic now there's a there's a major lack of wanting things to just happen um, oh my god that's the society we live in now yeah um so that those would be the two key bits of because they go hand in hand doesn't it the, we, we, sometimes we victimize ourselves like oh i didn't get that opportunity because you know so and so got it better because you know they, they always get everything no no they might have had a charity shop job but they they made sure they were there every day on time yeah. they were you know going above and beyond to work with their colleagues and help them and whatnot and that so you that builds character. Take the job serious. Yeah, that yeah. builds character. Yeah, 
I think, mm. you know, if you start young with work ethic, mm. it will only help you in that long-term goal. It, you'll only get transferable skills out of it. Um, because I see a lot of uh, youth working even, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and you chat to them, they'll be like, oh, I don't even take it serious. You know, I don't even turn up half the time because it's not my real job. Okay, cool. But this person mm. needs to provide you a reference one day. Course, and that says a lot about you. It says a lot about you. What kind of work ethic are you trying to build? Yeah. So I'd say, yeah. like, if you're gonna do anything, one from from straight away, get started. Mm. And mm. and the second advice would be, if you're gonna do anything, do it properly. Do Absolutely. do it with passion, you know. Mm-hmm. And it will, you know, it will mean something like in the long run. You might not see the use of it now. No. But in the long it's run, almost like you're training something. yourself, you know. Yeah, for that role absolutely. <laughs> and disciplining yourself yeah uh, another thing you just mentioned quickly was like the victim mentality and i always talk about that yeah and i think as ethnic minorities like we always have this victim mentality of uh i was at an event by the way the other day and i was going to tell you but oh my god the, the victim mentality in sweden is so bad so bad so i was at an event the other day and there's like these two um white ladies speaking they were doing like a training for us and then like the rest of us are like ethnic minorities yeah and babe, the first thing they p- picked out was, um, oh, so on your presentation, um, I don't see any diversity. There was photos on the background yeah. uh, of the presentation, basically. And then she was like, I don't see any diversity on there. And then the rest of them started talking and saying like, oh, um, you should have thought about it. You know, when you're coming to this kind of um, uh, like area, you should have more ethnic minority people on your photos. And then they were like, oh, we don't get jobs because we are wearing a hijab or we don't get jobs because we're black. We don't get jobs because we're females. And I'm like, you are making all these things an obstacle when actually you should see them as a unique selling point. Yeah. That makes you different. Yeah. Like, I, well, yeah. like I'm not grown up to see like these things as a barrier. I see them as a uniqueness. I'm always like, I haven't seen a single black girl that's Muslim, you know, that's Somali, that's this and that, that's doing personal development, that's a coach, that's a mentor. Yeah. No, there might be other people out there, but they don't look like me. Yeah. They're not who I am. Like, I see it as a unique we, I use it as my bad, badge of honor, you know, like. Exactly. I love that, a badge of honor. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm going to be the first one to break down that ceiling. I'm going to be the first one to open that door for other people. But if we're sitting, baby, at places and we keep saying, oh, um, I'm not getting it because I'm this, or I'm not getting it because I'm that. It's like you are having a pity party for yourself. A hundred percent. Um, I it happens a lot when I'm I uh, I'm at events, right? Um, the first question they they people ask me usually is, you know, what difficulties did you face in the corporate world? And I'm like, um, that's not. All and, I, and I'm like, um, you know, uh, what do you want me to say? And I know exactly what they're getting at. It's not usually what battles did I face understanding how to do my job or, you mm-hmm. know, how did you work your way out? What kind of battles did yeah. you face doing that? It's, it's mainly because I'm a black Muslim woman. Um, and you know what? Can I be honest? I, I haven't faced any discrimination. There, there's been times where I picked up on racial bias. But for me, yeah. you know who I am. I tell you, nip that in the bud right and Absolutely. it doesn't become a problem <laughs> nip yeah. that ish in the bud straight away you know um, that's another thing you need to be strong 100 percent um yeah. and i always advise you know learn your your laws learn your um, employee right know your right know, know, know right. their handbook guide you know because they have their own rules right and once you know that hot put it to the back of your mind not every day is somebody coming for you you know with racial aggression no. not every day oh, not every day are you being rejected 
Yeah, not every day are you being rejected because you're wearing a hijab. Sis, maybe uh, the job or, just or weren't I, for you. Yeah, yeah, and you know how much I keep hearing like, oh, because my name is Aliyah or because my name is Safa, that's why I didn't get the job. They didn't even look at my CV. How about you actually don't have the experience, baby girl? Or how about you didn't, you know, you don't have as much experience? This is exactly, yeah, what I was getting yeah. at. Like, sometimes the job just ain't for you, yo. Like, Absolutely. It, and it ain't because... Yeah. Your Chinese, <laughs> or because your it, the job just worked for you, somebody Abdul. else. Abdul. Yeah, like yeah, I, I've had people say that to me, and I'm like, yo, my name. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when I feel, I feel like we're entitled. I think so. Um, yeah. I think so because um, I've had uh, people from my own community try to yeah. spice up my name, and I'm like, nah, my name is Safa. They're like, oh, it would sound good, you know. It, like, do you say your name is Sophia in the corporate? No, I say, and even with my my name is Saf. <laughs> with my colleagues i don't even let them like cut it short to saf no my no. name is safa, safa yeah, simple yeah. as and if i'm gonna ever turn around and say i didn't get a job because my name is safa alia please come chat to me come chat to me please because i don't think that's a reasonable reason in 2019 we are no. seeing sisters doing big things Amazing around the world things. there is no yeah. longer um that kind of racial aggression i believe in certain places like london or in sweden it happens Mm -hmm. but i think but yeah that's another thing i'm not guys like one thing i'm not doing i'm not like saying these things don't happen and that of course they happen but my thing is don't sit there and have a pity party for yourself and keep thinking every time you don't get something it's because of your name or because of your religion or because of your skin color like there's more to life exactly keep seeing these things as a barrier we're never going to get anywhere like that that really it, this is the thing you have here. to understand it happens it happens yeah. a lot yeah we're acknowledging it but not every but day yeah <laughs> not, not every, every day, not every day someone's coming at you with racial aggression <laughs> not every day you know and or, or how we throw out like oh he's racist she's racist like so quickly 100 percent. and just to oh, quickly go oh, back oh. on something you said um about yeah. the event yeah. where um where people feel like the the girls felt like you know that they should have had um diverse pictures and everything yeah um i think safa cut off so we would have to yeah recoup in a bit Saf, no okay she's not there so we're gonna recoup in a bit guys it'll be a part two i lost the connection stay tuned and we're back sorry about that guys hey sorry sorry i don't think the podcast liked what what i was about to say (laughs) Um, i think i'm noticing it always cuts off at 20 minutes so i need to check that out yeah yeah. um but no what i was saying was um that you you said at the event that some of the ladies were you know kind of upset that their photos photos were not diverse um I think that's another tricky conversation to navigate because sometimes that space just isn't for us. Like I get that they came to a diverse area and and presented something, but not everything, not everything has to be about inclusivity. It's a picture. Yeah. It's a picture. Oh my God. Um, The background picture on the PowerPoint. And I think when we nitpick, um issues surrounding inclusivity i think it takes the bigger picture away from the bigger problems of Absolutely. us not being included it, it you know if you nag about everything mm. to a person they they no longer take it serious right 
that is cool. minor compared to the lack of inclusivity that mm-hmm. is is affecting other people or yeah. others. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to get? At? Like absolutely, it's... no, no, no. We can't nitpick everything, and and also every time we see something, we shouldn't sit there and be like, oh, I don't see a dark skin girl, I don't see a light skin girl, I don't see an oh, I don't, I don't see a girl in a wheelchair in a hijab, like yeah, not. On. And and I think on the flip side of that, I think you've even heard me discuss it. I think we also need to understand that not every space is made for us from it's from other uh, aspects, like. Um, like I believe in inclusivity, but I think sometimes we want it so badly we're we're running wild with it, you know. Um, we want to be everywhere. We no. want to be everywhere. So I I can give you a direct example of Love Island as an example, right? Mm. Um, we watch it every year. For those of people who don't know, just yeah. So Love Island is a show that uh, comes on in the UK every summer. Um, and they put you know a couple of strangers into a house together, and is it like a Big Brother thing now? Um, it's it's got the same concept, cameras everywhere, you know, they, they watch you, you know, um, but it's more about people leaving as couples. Um, so, you know, trying to find love and the couple who win at the end, either split the money or, or the person who actually won, you know, doesn't split. But yeah, it's a game show, in effect, which has turned more about, you know, turning into celebrities than actually finding love. But yeah, so they put a bunch of people in a villa. Mm. very good looking people usually um and mm. they try to oh everyone was talking about that fine brother was he nigerian right? ovi oh he's fine yeah oh yes <laughs> not no, only is he fine, fine but he's just yeah. so respectful so oh, nice. sweet so funny you know um so was he the only black guy there they had a couple of others but they're oh, very okay. they're usually very light skinned so this is what i was getting at um hey. and they're usually into white women he was the chocolate yeah and he yeah and and the men they've historically had in there usually all look the same mixed race uh mixed race race black men who predominantly Mm -hmm. say they are attracted to white women white women oh interesting um and they bring so last year they had one and this year a beautiful um african Irish woman called Yawande was in there and she had just graduated. When you say Irish, you mean like she's half Irish? No, so she's full Nigerian but born and raised in Ireland. Um, Ah, got it. um, With the accent and everything. It was so cute. But anyway, yeah, go back to what I was saying. So she's an educated sister. I think she just graduated from biochemistry. Yeah. Um, Beautiful to look at. They could Mm. not find one man to come on this show to fancy her. In no. this whole wide world, are you t- you you, are what you. What about our black brothers on there? None of them. No. Or they no. Them. Right. So that was the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now on social media, what a lot of us black people were doing during that series is mm-hmm. talking about how we must be included in it, and they must. Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. And but if you see that every year, mm-hmm. they are putting black women in there who will not yeah. be chosen, uh-huh. not even for activities during the show, mm-hmm. by these men. Mm. why do we force ourselves to be included in that um, it's not for us no they've made that clear yeah you know um mm. another example which i might get a bit backlash for was when the model halima went into the to that magazine sports mm. illustrated i know we spoke about it yeah before. so yeah, I, yeah. i'm a massive fan not of for. halima i yeah, yeah. i everything she does it's i love yeah, that article threw me off though why mm. only because sports illustrated is synonymous with women in bikinis exactly. with women who are topless mm. um 
And I get that she's doing the modeling thing and putting the hijab on the map. I absolutely love all of that. But that, that space isn't for us. We are Muslim. Mm-hmm. So this is where I think inclusivity has gone a little bit wild on both sides. If we're not included in, it's to be in almost yeah. everything, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. And then we're, we're also squeezing ourselves into spaces that don't correlate with our values. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not okay with that. Hence what... I, see, I see where you're coming from when it comes to her, like, her point. But at the same time, I think she sees it from another point of view. So, oh, 100%. Yeah, Everybody, yeah. like, I. I I, I think I was even she talking sees it as, about... you know, like, I'm on here showing other people that, you know, you can be done. You don't have to be naked. 100%. So I see both points. Yeah, of view, 100%. Okay. There's, there's an angle to it as well. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, I think inclusivity is just something that we've learned now. We're, we're running a little bit wild with it. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, my God. We didn't even get to talk about the things. Like, okay, okay. We have, like, a few more minutes. So, just quickly, um, tell us about Rebel Coaching. What is it? What do you do? Um, and Rebel with the cause. Yes. Um, so with uh, Rebel Coaching, it's a business I set up. I work with clients on specific topics, um, mm-hmm. which mainly are personal branding, leadership development, um, and strategic planning, which I failed to say earlier in my intro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <That's it. laughs> and yeah, so I basically work with a lot of cl- clients who are either at a peak time in their career and they want to take it to that next level um or I work with a lot of startups and people who are trying to get into um event running or planning or people who are trying to actually start a brick and mortar business um I also do workshops which I need to do more of um (laughs) to try and get people engaging face to face um yeah with learning, I'm a firm believer. It's not all just theory, or you know, in oh, video. It's so online, it's nice for sure. Here. Sometimes you need to have that human touch, have that open conversation. Yeah. Um. And what Rebel with a Cause is, it falls under the umbrella of the business. However, I, I'm a firm believer that we have to give back, whether that's mm-hmm. through money or skill or time. And I just thought nothing's going to harm me in taking some of my profits from the business and using that to be able to run initiatives within the community. So workshops Mm. for the youth who might not be able to afford a coach Mm -hmm. or workshops for single mums. And it's basically just community work because I feel like with austerity measures in the UK, they've taken away a lot of youth work. Mm. Um, and if I can help using my skill and experience and give back, yeah. and give back through that way, you know, I'm, I'm open to helping people with their CVs. Do you know what I mean? So nothing too major. It's not a charity, um, but everything costs money. So yeah. hence why yeah. I've built it under Rebel Coaching. So, yeah, that's what Rebel with the Cause is. I, um, I, I, I'm the rebel. I have a cause and my cause is, mm-hmm. you know, I grew up on a council estate, Leah, mm-hmm. um, a very mm-hmm. rough one. Yeah, and I was given opportunities to to learn and and realize, hey, I can come from this background, but that doesn't dictate who I have to be in ten, twenty years time. Not- I love love that part, and you know how big I am on that because I come from you know like the hood hood area in Sweden too. So yeah, it's it's very important that we don't let that limit us. We can be anyone we want to. We can do anything we want to. It's just all about your mindset. so that's what Rebel with a Cause became for me like I'm not going to limit myself to this council estate however I'm not forgetting about my council estate you know (laughs) and the people that come with that community 
Yeah, absolutely, and giving back to them. Um, and just a quick question on past girl. First of all, I need you back like properly because I don't feel like I've covered all the topics I wanted to cover. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but let's touch on personal branding. What's your advice on there? People are starting up. Like, how could they think of their personal branding? What do they need to think of? Um, and yeah, what is it for people who don't know? Yeah, so a lot of people uh, tend to get branding and personal branding confused, um, and, yeah. I, and I blame social media. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, personal branding is basically your, your reputation. Um, it's the easiest way I can sum it up. Okay. So in this kind of day and age we live in, it's very digital heavy. And you know what I was saying about the youth having a unique selling point? Nowadays, everybody is everything. Mm. We are not limited anymore to 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 being, you know, if you were a coach in Sweden 10 years ago, I might never have met you. Um, mm. and, and what that has meant for us as people is if we want to start a business or if we want to flourish in our career and carry yeah. on climbing that ladder, we almost need to build a profile on and offline. Um, and mm. that comes with a lot. So um there's there's myths about personal branding let me bust those a lot of people think it's just about the colors of your instagram profile or your your logo it's Mm. so much more than that it's so much more than that it's how you come across in emails it's your Mm. body language when you're talking to people it's what people you know what your energy your demeanor all of all of that um another myth i must bust people say looks don't matter it does of course let me just throw that out there right now (laughs) it does and I'm not talking aesthetics of all oh, that person's beautiful, their their makeup's yeah. on fleek. I'm talking or about it does. A brand. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. no. As long as you look nice. You know, I've seen people turn up for big corporate interviews in jeans. Why are oh. what are you doing? Oh, what God. are you doing? Me I wanna grab them and ask them, What are you doing? Whose time are you here to waste? Oh my God. Because if you couldn't even put in that effort yeah. to walk into, for example, a interview to be the head of marketing, yeah? Yeah why would you make the effort tomorrow did you do the research into the company Mm. you work in it says a lot about your character um so personal branding is is a lot of things it it Mm. does have things to do aesthetically like i said with your look um how your your profile looks online but it's Mm. also about what kind of messaging you're putting online Mm. what kind of person are you coming across and i don't mean the obvious you know somebody that would go on there and talk about their company that they work for or you know somebody racist online i'm talking generally are you coming across negative Mm. are you coming across as are you posting yeah yeah, are you coming across Mm. timid because Mm. if i could read your post and i feel like you have no self-esteem that might be coming across in your interviews Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I just work with people in terms of building their profile. A, a big piece of that is online. Um, mm-hmm. But again, like I said, it's not limited to social media. It's it's everything involving. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, I do a lot of mindset work that goes hand in hand with personal branding. Because yeah. if you haven't got the mindset or the confidence to execute Absolutely. this, yeah. um, where would you go with it you know personal branding specifically is 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 almost like marketing yourself absolutely and without it like you're you're not going anywhere yeah um and can i can i just put a side note in a lot of people believe to build a personal brand you have to build a persona Mm. you you shouldn't need to build a separate persona no it can be yourself it 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 should be yourself it should be authentic you're just kind Mm. of almost finessing and tying up the loose ends you know hey, I normally send out a lot of emails. Maybe I should put 
um something at the bottom of my emails to tell them who I am get get through mm-hmm. to me on social media um you know I go to meetings and I don't know how to introduce myself mm. you know it, we work on a lot of those kind of behavioral stuff as well okay okay that's really good I love that guys he does amazing work I feel like this is not enough and I don't want to make the one podcast too long I always try to keep yeah it for sure minutes. yeah yeah so thank you for all of that babe um tell them where they can find you how can they work with you all of that um so yeah you can find me on instagram as at rebel underscore coaching um and from there there's a link on my bio where you can book in a call or you know if you feel more comfortable you could just message me and i will get back to you you can email me um but those are the best places to find me I love that. And I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you want to leave them with the quotes? I know we both love quotes. Like, what's your favorite quote that you can think of? Off the top of my head. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a, I think I've said this one to you before. It's a Jim Sullivan yeah. quote. Um, <laughs> if you always do what you always did, you mm-hmm. always get what you always got. Bam. We're ending it right there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you for Thank having you so me. Much. Have a good one. You too, lovely. Speak soon. Bye. Bye.